best home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. SkyPilotRadio.com This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Elections make strange bedfellows, Taliban for Trump, and more. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist. Well, I know you got, you heard it right. <laughs> Taliban, yes. Not only that, Taliban and a Bin Laden for Trump, um, the niece of Osama, and a Thunberg for Biden, the Thunberg, Greta Thunberg for Biden. Well, as if this didn't sound strange enough, what I just said, uh, it gets even stranger when you examine all of these potential endorsements or actual endorsements. So let me start right away with the Taliban. Apparently, um, someone gave an interview from the Taliban to CBS, and CBS ran with it and um, endorsing President Trump for uh, the election. And um, then a spokesperson from Trump's campaign said, oh, no, we don't want that. I mean, those weren't his exact words. I'll tell you his exact words. But um, and then, lo and behold, uh, someone else or, or another meeting of the Taliban decided that they were going to take back the endorsement, but apparently there are still some Taliban who really are endorsing him, and they have good reasons why. And I think um, the person who spoke out from the Trump campaign rejecting their endorsement might have jumped um, on that too quickly. Because yes, you know, at the beginning, it sounds like the Taliban, the Taliban are bad, they're endorsing Trump, therefore Trump must be bad. That's the first impression. Okay. But when you really look into it, um, it actually is not bad. And then, of course, a bin Laden, the niece for Trump, is just pretty much straightforward, and I'll tell you about that, too. Thunberg for Biden. <laughs> oh, I could... <laughs> Thunberg, <laughs> she, uh, that, I, she is so annoying. Um, and sh why is she coming out now? And sh I'll tell you about how she said that uh, she doesn't usually get into politics. She doesn't speak out, you know, uh, or endorse one politician over another, but she is now. 
why <laughs> she wants you to believe it's because of what she believes in and so on, why Biden is better. But I don't think it's coincidence that um, there has been news about how irrelevant she has become. So, all right, let's get right into the Taliban. Now, um, the, the Taliban, the Taliban uh, one of the Taliban leaders or spokespersons, um, Zabihullah Mujahid, um, gave President Trump a vote of support. And um, he told CBS News in a phone interview, we believe that Trump is going to win the upcoming election because he has proved himself a politician who accomplished all the major promises he had made to American people, although he might have missed some small things, but did accomplish the bigger promises. So it is possible that the U.S. people who experienced deceptions in the past will once again trust Trump for his decisive actions. And he continued, he added, we think the majority of the American population is tired of instability, economic failures, and politicians' lies, and will tr trust again on Trump, because Trump is decisive, could control the situation inside the country. See, <laughs> um, some Taliban are smart. <laughs> That's true, what he said. Um, he also said other politicians, including Biden, uh, chant unrealistic slogans, slogans. Some other groups, which are smaller in size but are involved in the military business, including weapons manufacturing companies' owners, and others who somehow get the benefit of war extension, they might be against Trump and support Biden, but their numbers among voters is low. And then another senior Taliban leader said, we hope he will win the election and wind up U.S. military presence in Afghanistan. Now, that's the whole point. The people from the Taliban who did uh, endorse Trump and are apparently continuing to endorse Trump uh, mainly are doing so because they like Trump's plans to pull out the military from Afghanistan. Now, Trump, uh, as I will tell you in a minute, his plans did not include just a um, all-out, you know, send Americans home, send the troops home, uh, you know, for nothing. He, there were certain promises he needed to extract from the Taliban before doing so. But before, um, before the ink got dry or, the, uh, or this aired on CBS, however, CBS News um, talked about this, a Trump campaign spokesman, Tim Murtog said, um, this endorsement came out on a Friday and on a Saturday, uh, Tim Murtog was quick to say that they reject the Taliban support. He said, the Taliban should know that the president will always protect American interests by any means necessary. Um, now, you know, this is because the Taliban supported Trump, supports Trump, well, some in the Taliban still support Trump, um, doesn't mean that, that uh, you know, that Trump isn't going to support American interests and all of a sudden um, support Taliban interests. But, you know, if you just read in sound bites, that's what these things can come out um, as. So... 
the Trump administration. Um, now here, the, the reason why this, the, the, um, the Taliban uh, is supporting Trump is because they, as I was starting to say, that they want, they are in agreement about uh, winding down the U.S. military presence in Afghanistan after 19 years. And at, the, at this time, there are approximately 5,000 uh, U.S. troops in Afghanistan. And um, the National Security Advisor, Robert O'Brien, has promised that the number will drop by 50% by early 2021. Um, now, this has to do with, it's a pact that Trump, uh, a historic pact that Trump made with the Taliban in February, in which the U.S. and its allies set a timetable for the U.S. to withdraw troops by the spring of 2021. Now, the date in the spring isn't exactly carved in stone. I've read March and February and, you know, different, the spring of 2021. Of course, now um, things might change with coronavirus and everything else, but <laughs> it also might change, I guess, if Trump doesn't get reelected, which is kind of the point of why the Taliban is supporting him. Um, so the, but, but when Trump made this um, pact uh, in February, that was, you know, um, this past February, uh, it required that the Taliban break from Al Qaeda and negotiate a power-sharing deal with the Afghan government rivals. So in other words, not only break, break from al-Qaeda, first of all, which is the main thing, and not be a haven for terrorists, and, um, and have a more democratic kind of government in the sense that they would share uh, power with uh, Afghan government rivals, with others in the Afghan government. And... Um, And now there are some, you know, there are some people um, in the U.S. military that is a, are against reducing the number of troops at least uh, below 4,500 unless the Taliban makes an official break with al-Qaeda. So all of those things, you know, need to be the details. <laughs> the devil is in the details. The details need to be um, worked out. But this is, these are the plans, you know, both the Taliban and uh, President Trump have in mind to reduce American troops as long as the Taliban promises to uh, to break ties with Al Qaeda, as I said, and and cooperate with the gov the Afghan government better. Now, of course, you know it is hard to trust um, the Taliban, <laughs> but um, it this is a step towards peace, and that's what President Trump has been doing. Um, the the Taliban has also uh, um, supported Trump's motto of America first um, because, because um, they see this, uh, they see him as being an honest leader, and they say uh, it is the slogan of Trump from the start that they are not cops for the world and don't want a single flag and anthem for the globe, but their priority is America. So they agree with all of this. You know, there are things, that's what you do in politics, uh, is find things in common. So 
Um, let's see. So it, I think it, I think that this uh, Tim Murtagh, um, you know, spoke a little too quickly when he um, when he rejected the Taliban's endorsement, and he also said on. Um, that the, well, when he was saying that the Taliban should know that the president will always protect American interests by any means necessary, he added, unlike Joe Biden, who opposed taking out Osama bin Laden and Soleimani. So, okay, you know, um, that's all true. But now, so now it's interesting because C CBS had to change, um, you know, make do a rewrite um, of what because because apparently quoting. But some of the Taliban are saying that um, they misquoted this spokesperson and um, and some of them don't agree with this. Now, one thing I want to remind you of is that um, in 2019, he Trump was going to have, he had invited the Taliban for peace talks at Camp David. Do you remember that? So like this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't, um, this isn't a... Um, a shock. I mean, this isn't um, a new thing. He has been trying to make peace be before. So in 2019, he invited them to Camp David days before the anniversary of the 9-11 attack, but he canceled the plans at the last minute after the Taliban killed a U.S. soldier. You may remember all of this. So um, well, I need to, I'm going on and on because this is so interesting, but we need to take a break. So when we come back, I'll tell you a little more about the Taliban, and then I'll go on to talking about Osama bin Laden's niece and um, Thunberg for Biden. So stay tuned. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned, and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about how elections make strange bedfellows. And so far, I've been talking about how the Taliban uh, endorsed, and then some took back, <laughs> their endorsement of President Trump. Um, and I just want to add one little thing to that, uh, that just a reminder, you know, what, why he, why President Trump wants to withdraw U.S. troops. Uh, and, you know, he had said originally, he had said a ways back that he was going to have them back by Christmas, but that does not seem, um, you know, that, that was more of a wish than, than uh, a plan after, with all the things that have come in between notably coronavirus um but he's the reason he wants to bring them back because there's it's been 19 years or almost 20 years of uh the u.s military presence in afghanistan which as you may well remember began after 9 11 um with u.s president george bush because it was believed at the time that the Al-Qaeda leader, Osama bin Laden, was hiding in Afghanistan. So the idea was that since we thought that uh, Osama bin Laden was in Afghanistan uh, and that that was a nest for terrorists, which it was, <laughs> um, that uh, that's why you know, we went in. 
And, but the problem is, and maybe that was, you know, I'm not saying that that wasn't a good idea or that it was a good idea or whatever, but 20 years is a long time and a lot of lives lost and so on. And if there's a possibility for peace, then clearly that would be a good idea. So that is why there are many members of the Taliban, some number of members of the Taliban, uh, let's put it this way, outspoken members of the Taliban who have said that they endorse President Trump. Okay, now let's go on to Osama bin Laden. We were just uh, making, this is making a good segue to Noor bin Laden, who is the niece of Osama bin Laden, very different from Osama bin Laden. She's not a terrorist, and she doesn't believe in um, what Osama bin Laden uh, believed in, and certainly the attack on 9-11 shocked her. She is a, um, she, the way she's related to Osama is that she's the daughter of Carmen Dufour, who is a Swiss author, and Yeslam bin Laden, who is an older half-brother of Osama. Now, her mother and father uh, got divorced in 1988, and Noor, along with her two sisters, Wafa and Najia, were raised in Switzerland because that's where her mother came from. And um, there was, apparently, it was a nasty and years-long divorce between her parents, and uh, her father has played no role in her life. And after the 9-11 attacks, uh, her mother, Noor's mother, Carmen, became, uh, wrote a book. And um, in 2004, it was a tell-all about her life in the Bin Laden family, and it was called Inside the Kingdom, My Life in Saudi Arabia. Now, her, um, Noor's uh, older sister, Wafa, is an international pop singer and socialite. But uh, Noor is, has a much lower profile and much more serious kind of life. She has a bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of Geneva, a master's in commercial law from the University of London, and a, commu- a computer coding boot camp certificate. Um, And she has worked in startups and she's currently writing a book analyzing the first 20 years of the 21st century. That is going to be an amazing book, just like her mother's. She said, my life would have been very different had I been raised in Saudi Arabia. I really grew up with this deep appreciation for freedom and basic individual rights. She played soccer in school for 13 years and she said my mom would come to all the games and she would say when I see you play I know that all the hardship was worth it because you get to do what you choose and what you love. She was 14 when Osama bin Laden uh, perpetrated 9-11 and um, she said she knew that from the moment the second plane hit her life would never be the same. She said, I was so devastated. I had been going to the States with my mom several times a year from the age three onwards. I considered the U.S. my second home. Um, and she said she, she's rejected the um, liberal assertions that America is a racist country. 
And she said, I have not had a single bad experience with Americans, despite the name that I carry. On the contrary, I was overwhelmed by their kindness and understanding. She said that she's been back to the U.S. a few times since the attacks. She hasn't visited the memorial yet, but she's planning on it. The next time she's in New York, she wants to go to pay her respects. Now, um, she is saying only Trump can prevent another 9-11. Uh, it's kind of like <laughs> only you can prevent forest fires. Only Trump can prevent another 9-11. And I absolutely positively believe that. That was the first reason, the main reason why I was for Trump, began to be for Trump in 2016, because of his stance on terrorism. She said that another 9-11 style attack may be just around the corner if Biden is elected. Um, quote, ISIS proliferated under the Obama-Biden administration, leading to them coming to Europe. Trump has shown he protects America and us by extension from foreign threats by obliterating terrorists at the root and before they get a chance to strike, unquote. Um, so she lives in Switzerland, but she considers herself an American at heart. A U.S. flag hung in her childhood room at age 12, and her dream vacation is an RV trip across America. So... Um, you know, this, I mean, I know I've said this before, but, um, but um, here, let me, this is important too, this quote. Um, you look at all the terrorist attacks that have happened in Europe over the past 19 years. They have completely shaken us to the core. Radical Islam has completely infiltrated our society. In the U.S., it's very worrying that the left has aligned itself completely with the people who share that ideology. That is the, you know, it's, it's, it's so striking to me that even though she is in, in Switzerland <laughs> um, and Yes, of course, she's, you know, she pays attention to these things because of who her uh, uncle was and all that. But um, it is even obvious to someone living in Switzerland that uh, the left has aligned itself with terrorism and terrorists. And yet people in America, many people, not everybody, thank God, but many people in America still don't get it. You know, they think that Black Lives Matter is a just a, a, a what a caring organization that cares about black lives and racism when really at the root the three women who um, founded it and people connected with it are terrorists and I'm not just talking about um, domestic terrorists so um, so uh, <laughs> a bin Laden is for Trump so we have the Taliban and a bin Laden and, you know, um, uh, these are important things to think about because quite frankly, and I know I've said it before, if you've listened to other podcasts, which I hope you, hope you have, and if you haven't, please go back and listen to some of them. Um, the, even though we are all consumed, obsessed 24-7 uh, with COVID and with the election and with um, the, the um, street riots and looting and all of that, which, by the way, have not gone away. Um, you may not be living in a place where on your street, in your city or your town, 
there are currently street riots and looting, but they are still going on. You know, the, the uh, mainstream media, you won't get an idea of this in the mainstream media. I mean, they do little snapshots and they like, uh, you know, they showed you how they were going to be talking about this when um, they showed um, Chad, Chaz, uh, like a, like a street festival, you know, a party um, during the day. And, and it was only some brave reporters, one in particular that I know of from um, One America News Network, who went in there at night and stayed there for three days and took um, took video of what was really going on inside Chaz. Um, so, but otherwise, you would think it was just a hippie street festival. So you're not going to get the real information. And um, and there, you know, I was just reading something this morning about the looting that is still going on in a very expensive uh, area in Manhattan. I mean, and nothing, and the that even though they have security guards at the at the entrances and exits, um, they are told to stand down, just like the police. And the police apparently aren't doing anything about it because we know De Blasio is <sighs> is the worst thing that ever happened to New York City. Um, and I am saying that as someone who was born and bred in New York City. Um, so, so they are coming into these super expensive stores and looting it and, you know, claiming that they deserve it. These are reparations. So, um, I just want to make sure that you know that the, this looting has not stopped and will not stop even after the elect. Well, if, if Trump gets elected, it will stop because he will make it stop. But if Biden gets elected, it will not stop. And in the period right after the election, when there's going to be chaos in the streets, no matter who wins, um, it's not going to be stopping. So anyway, I need to uh, stop and I need to stop this segment and we will be right back. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about elections make strange bedfellows, uh, the Taliban for Trump, and more. We've been talking about the Taliban, or at least part of the the outspoken part of the Taliban, <laughs> and Noor bin Laden, the niece of Osama, are supporting Trump. Um, and now we are going to get to who is supporting Biden. You know, I try to keep, to, to, to some extent, I try to keep politics out of, um, out of the terrorist therapist show, you know, but sometimes it's really hard. And of course, right before the election, it's, it's especially hard. Um, and as I explained, it's because, you know, Trump has, has done more and protected America more against terrorism than anybody else. Uh, Osama was basically opening the door to terrorists. And I'm, as I have said, even though this is not politically correct, as I have said, um, I think it is his Muslim roots from his childhood um, that... Uh, 
consciously or unconsciously made him open the door. Now, I am not saying, certainly not all Muslims are terrorists and not all terrorists are Muslims, but in regard to um, Obama, uh, I think that that was a large part of why he was doing what he did, bowing, literally bowing down to terrorists. Anyhow, um, let us, I'm going to go, now go on to Greta Thunberg for Biden, but I just want to mention that um, Trump was nominated for 2020 by several people for a Nobel Prize. Now, he didn't win it, but he has uh, already, there's someone who has nominated him for 2021. This is a Finnish politician, uh, and she recommends him, nominated him, because of his, quote, endeavors to end the era of endless wars. Uh, her name is Laura Hutasari. <laughs> Hutasari. Sorry if I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Um, she is a European Parliament representative. She's a member of the far right Finns Party, and um, she nominated him after he was snubbed from 2020. And she said that she nominated him quote, in recognition of his endeavors to end the era of endless wars, construct peace by encouraging conflicting parties for dialogue and negotiations, as well as underpin internal cohesion and stability of his country. I mean, you know, the truth is that, um, that uh, the things that he has been doing, I mean, beside, amongst the various peace things that he's been doing for peace, um, the one that is the most striking and, and outstanding accomplishment so far has been the peace deal that he has done with the, in the Middle East. I mean, that no other president was able to do that, and everybody said it couldn't be done. All right, let's get to Greta Thunberg for Biden because that's fun. <laughs> um, I ha how do you take Greta Thunberg seriously? I mean, seriously, how do you take her seriously? Uh, she's 17 years old now, and uh, I know she looks younger, but um, she's growing up before our eyes. She's a Swedish climate change activist, as you know. And she has just put in her endorsement for Joe Biden. Um, she said that this was breaking with her long-standing rule of avoiding po party politics. What do you mean long-standing? She's 17 years old, for God's sakes. Long-standing rule of avoiding party politics. <laughs> really? Um, now, <laughs> uh, she is... You know, and what she tweeted about this, you know, when she supported Biden, this is how this came about. She made a tweet and she said, I never engage in party politics, but the upcoming U.S. elections is above and beyond all that. From a climate perspective, it's very far from enough. And many of you, of course, supported other candidates. But I mean, you know, damn, just get organized and get everyone to vote Biden. Okay, if that makes sense. Um, she, um, she is saying, you know, obviously her point is that she thinks that Biden would do more for uh, climate change than Trump. 
And, um, you know, the thing is, though, that um, she is choosing to ignore the fact that Joe Biden has been flip-flopping in regard to his positions on the environment. For example, in the past, he said that he would ban fracking, um, also called hydraulic fracturing. And that's the process of releasing oil and gas by pumping water and other elements into the ground. So he said he was going to ban that. And that is something that environmentalists like. They don't, want, they don't like fracking. But then, more recently, he has denied ever saying that. Uh, quote, I never told environmentalists that I'm going to ban fracking, unquote. Now, he said this in Pennsylvania, which is a place where um, they like fracking because of their industries. So he said, what I did say was, I would make sure that any new fracking takes, that any new fracking taking place, make sure the water supply and methane was not leaking. They're the two things. That's it. I will not ban fracking. I mean, you know, the sad part is um, that, <laughs> that he may, you know, in his own mind, he, such as it is, he may not be thinking that he's lying. He may have, I mean, yes, of course, it, it is very convenient that he's saying in a place that doesn't want to ban fracking, Pennsylvania, he's saying he's not going to ban fracking. Um, you know, clearly there's some political issue there, political gain that he's looking for there. But, um, but you know, <laughs> the sad thing is he may have forgotten <laughs> that he said that he was going to ban fracking because he is um, in the midst of such encroaching, encroaching more each day, dementia, that... Um, <laughs> that it's hard to tell whether he's lying or he really forgot what he just said. Um, he also, now, if you watch the uh, first debate, he said something interesting there. Even though um, his campaign website says that the Green New Deal is a crucial framework to combat climate crisis, in, his, in the first debate, he said that he wasn't for the Green New Deal, which, of course, was a big shock to the progressives in the Democratic Party and the people who wrote his, his um, website, campaign website, calling it crucial. Um, that was a shock to them. Again, did he forget that it's on his website or that these people in his party, you know, want him to say, or more likely, um, he was trying, he knows that um, being... Uh, espousing the things that the extreme part of the Democratic Party, the progressives, although we don't really know how extreme it is. I mean, they are, have how many, the percentage of the people. I mean, it's a large, it's, it's larger than, than I think people realize. But anyhow, so, you know, he threw them under the bus in the first debate. And, um, and he's, you know, by distancing himself from the Green New Deal. And he said, the Green New Deal is not my plan. No, I don't support the Green New Deal. So what is it? Fracking or no fracking? Green New Deal or no Green New Deal? Whatever it is, Greta Thunberg saw this as an opportunity to get herself in the headlines again or in the news again.
And she was not going to let that uh, go away, even if <laughs> it breaks with her long-standing rule of avoiding poly of avoiding party politics. Oh, give me a break! Um, this. You know, I just hope you people are paying attention. I'm sure you are, because anybody who listens to the uh, terrorist therapist show um, knows <laughs> that, um, number one, that terrorism is not something that has gone away, despite us being uh, obsessed with COVID and the elections and so on. The terrorists have not, uh, not all died of COVID, <laughs> And they are very much alive and very much still intent on their decades, years, eons long um, plan, aim to, um, to take over the West. And so um, I, I trust that you are paying very close attention to what is going on in the elections, what each candidate really stands for. And... Um, and and see beyond, you know, uh, see the value of the Taliban, some of the tal Taliban, the outspoken Taliban, agreeing with uh, or, or endorsing President Trump. It doesn't mean that President Trump is weak. It means that he wants peace. So thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.